Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Victoria Fields. She has more than 15 years experience in the fitness and nutrition industry. She's developed ketogenic protocols for Epigenics Foundation and Keto Pet, and also has spearheaded a lot of cancer-focused pilot studies in partnership with places like Cedar sinai and more. She's got the MetabolicHealthSummit.com, of which our own very own Mark Sisson is going to be speaking at, and that is at the end of January in Southern California. So you can go to MetabolicHealthSummit.com, and we will put all of the information in the show notes. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So tell us, how did you get involved with this? Obviously, we want to hear your health journey that led you into the keto space, and then we can go from there and talk about all of the wonderful tangents you've plugged into. Yeah, it's a little bit sort of all over the place. Um, My background is really in the fitness industry, not sort of where I started for many years, um, both as a competitive athlete in the IFBB, in the bodybuilding world, and then sort of gravitated towards the ketogenic space because you know, I'm always trying to follow the latest nutrition science research and stay sort of on top of it. And uh, it actually, though, wasn't until my dog uh, came into the picture and she unfortunately suffered a traumatic brain injury when she was about six months old from a dog bite. And about a year later, started to develop grand mal seizures. And at the time, Keto Pet Sanctuary was starting in Texas. It was sort of this 53-acre ranch. Um, and friends of mine, Ron, Ron and Shannon Penna, had opened it up and wanted to really validate the diet, but rescue dogs with cancer that were otherwise going to be euthanized and say, you know, let's take a look at see what this metabolic therapy sort of can do and give dogs a forever home at the same time. And so it was right around the time they established their protocol And we said, you know, we're using this in cancer, but it's worked in humans for the last 100 years when it comes to epilepsy. Why not try this with our dog? And so we did. And it was a very short amount of time before we had her off all of her anticonvulsant medication. Uh, She had actually lost a lot of her hair and it regrew and she turned into a chia pet and uh, she was the dog we knew and again and that really was a turning point for me where my husband and I both said okay you know and I know you're familiar with the low fat you know that whole sort of mentality and and nutrition sort of thought process and we said you know maybe this isn't the right way to to go about things at least for longevity for health for just overall feeling good so we transitioned onto a ketogenic diet and the rest has really been history and that's sort of the starting point of when I became involved with Epigenics Foundation. And then once you go that, that direction, it's really no looking back. And that sort of, I just became so passionate about moving this space forward that we then created a Metabolic Health Summit to really you know, foster relationships, collaborations with the scientists, the physicians, the influencers that really are the voice and doing the work you know, in the lab to move this whole thing forward. Well, what was it about your experience with keto, your husband and yourself that was like the, oh, okay, we need to, because, you know, obviously once you get involved and you see and feel the effects of it, it does propel you into, you know, you just want to kind of share it with the whole world and tell everyone about it. So what did you notice? What did you and your husband 
either whether symptoms in a way, you know, just give us a, what were the changes that were, you were so impressed by? Yeah, there was a, there were a few things for me. One, um, you know, I was coming from a place where I was eating, you know, every two hours. I was constantly thinking about when my next meal was, right? <laughs> like I was a Tupperware queen, which was probably, I never want to go back to carrying around Tupperware again in my life. Um, but I, uh, one thing that really sort of was a big deal for me was being able to, to move away from that. And, you know, I never thought I would be that person that would say, I forgot to eat. Uh, every every time somebody would say that, I'm like, I'm sorry, who are you? We cannot be friends. <laughs> I want to stop and highlight that because that is one of our, you know, even just with going low carb primal, all of our success stories at Primal Blueprint every Friday, whether it's they got rid of a skin disease or lost 100 pounds, the thoroughfare is the food addictions are gone. You forgot to eat. This was what happened to me. And I know when you said you were the Tupperware queen, it's like to not have snacks available or have to stop by a grocery store on the way home. It is the biggest freedom ever. And I used to think people were effing crazy who would say that because I had no idea for so many years and who knows what was going on in my body that was, you know, obviously contributing to this, but I had no idea. And what a sense of freedom. Yeah. Right. I want to talk more about that, about that, uh, that switch, the, the moments that you're like, wow, I am not, I forgot to eat. Yeah, no, it was an incredible moment for me because um, I actually, prior to the fitness world, was in TV news. So I was a reporter and anchor. And if I didn't eat, I wasn't able to ad lib. I wasn't able to communicate properly live on television. And that was a big deal. So I always had to make sure I had something with me. And it was the biggest pain in the butt ever. And so as soon as that transition happened and I became keto adapted and, you know, in addition, felt so much different just cognitively, like my brain worked. And not only did my brain work, but it worked better when I didn't eat which was completely the opposite of where I was before. So for me, it was like having that freedom, not thinking about when my next meal is going to be, feeling better maybe when I didn't eat in a lot of situations. But then on top of that, having all these other symptoms of, you know, I've suffered many injuries along the way, being an athlete, um, you know, reduced inflammation. I could feel it in my body. I wasn't as achy. Um, I had better thought process and function and focus. Um, for me, two symptoms as being a woman, um, you know, and, and uh, suffering from a, a form of uh, endometriosis that's similar to that, I had significant symptoms associated with that, that really have cleared up completely. So for me, it was like this whole, just a slew of, of effects that were sort of happening at once that, you know, and, and some of them were sort of like, you know, two months in, I was, I would, you know, sort of realize, gosh, you know, my knee's not hurting anymore. <laughs> and those kind of like aha moments along the way. But I would say number one was that freedom that you were talking about really was life-changing for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's amazing how cleaning out your diet and going down this train can really clear up a lot of hormonal balance issues and symptoms. I would say the same for myself as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about your work with cancer and, and what's it, this is such a huge arena right now with people looking at, you know, adopting ketogenic diets to help in the process along the way as they prevent it or help cure it, help starve the cancer by offering a keto situation to the body. And this is just a big new arena. And there's so many uh, great success stories we have heard. And I know it's kind of a go-to for a lot of people now. Oh, I got cancer. Let's go keto. And, you know, I will 
put this one caveat in there that even though cancer cells love sugar, Marxism made a good point, which is, hey, we may find out one day that there's a certain cancer cell that doesn't like, you know, that likes, doesn't like it or something. So we don't want to say keto is great for every type of cancer and everyone going through it. But give us the rundown on what opened your eye there and led you down that road with cancer. Yeah. So as I had mentioned, Keto Pet started. And that was really sort of the way that all kind of came to be was um, the founder of Quest Nutrition, Ron Penna. I was friends with a a couple of gentlemen named uh, Dr. Dominic D'Agostino and Dr. Peter Atia, I'm sure you're familiar with. And they had a conversation with him about fat metabolism and the benefits of a ketogenic diet, not just in disease, but in human performance. And that was really like a moment where Uh, Ron, along with his wife and uh, a group of people decided, you know, we're going to create a place where we can actually validate this. And as you know, going through sort of clinical trials, so important, but can take years for you to see results from that. So how can we get started right away? Well, we all love dogs. So uh, a 53-acre ranch in Texas uh, was sort of born where we could rescue dogs with cancer that were otherwise going to be put down. And we actually had PET-CT imaging on site, which is sort of the gold standard for those who don't know of uh, sort of a cancer diagnostic tool um, that essentially, actually, uh, what happens when a, a cancer patient is usually used in human um cancer uh, diagnosis sort of situations, but the cancer patient is is injected with uh, fluorodeoxyglucose, which is essentially a sugar tracer, and it sort of lights up the metabolic activity of the cancer, right? So we had that on site because even though we weren't a research facility, we really wanted to be able to uh, validate this diet with sort of the same scientific rigor as maybe a research facility would. So we would collect blood glucose and ketone levels for all the dogs six times a week. They would get metabolic conditioning. You know, each dog's diet was very formulated specifically to reach sort of a two to one or about 82% of calories coming from fat ketogenic ratio. So it was very structured. And the prog- sort of the the success rate from that was pretty incredible. I mean, we saw dogs that were suffering from forms of cancer, cancer like hemangiosarcoma, which is essentially a death sentence. When a dog gets that, that is one of the most deadliest forms of cancer there is for canines. And uh, our first graduate actually had hemangiosarcoma. She was given uh, about uh, six weeks to live. And she's now, she was four and a half at the time. She's now nine, nine years old. Her name's Callie and she's still living cancer free. So in in learning all of that, it was like, how do we start working with people and really bring this into the conversation and move this whole thing forward? Um, And so we actually started partnering with oncologists who are open to implementing this metabolic therapy into practice. And one of which was a neuro-oncologist at Cedars-Sinai who um, was very open to it. uh, Largely in part because a patient of his actually approached him and said, Hey, why are we not looking at the ketogenic diet? Can I, can I get started with this? How do I do this diet? I've heard it's great for glioblastoma. So, um, after that, it was, you know, he found Epigenics Foundation uh, through some pretty, uh, you know, sort of a chance meeting of a dietitian with one of the members of our team. And we collaborated and did a pilot study involving late stage brain cancer patients. And that was probably one of the most impactful studies um, I've been involved with. And in fact, that one patient, his name is David Shevok who asked for the ketogenic diet has now inspired a clinical trial that's going on at Cedars-Sinai involving the ketogenic diet alongside standard of care. So it's really sort of been this chain reaction that's happened. And it's really important because 
for GBM patients specifically, I mean, the prognosis with that is, is pretty uh, dim, you know, even with standard of care chemotherapy in combination with uh, radiation, you're looking at, you know, maybe an improvement in a couple of months um, in terms of, you know, prognosis of maybe two to five years. Uh, if you're lucky. And so if you can provide a patient with something that not only might impact uh, their cancer prognosis, but will also empower them at the same time and make them feel like, hey, I have a part in this. I can do something every single day. Uh, that was pretty incredible. And I would say, you know, the cognitive effects that we were kind of talking about really is evident um, from my experience in working with patients in uh, brain cancer specifically, because not only can it be helpful when it comes to seizure control, but, you know, it. we had patients who I, I clearly remember getting a phone call from one of them saying, Hey, I, you know, he had lost his ability to read and write because of aphasia, alexia, you know, due to the tumor itself. And then obviously a variety of treatments. And he called me up about four to six weeks in literally like I can read again. I just read a paragraph in a novel. I've not been able to read in however long. So that, that was, that was a pretty incredible um, experience for all of us. And like I said, sort of has inspired um, the institution to take it and, and run with it in a clinical trial of which uh, a lot of their work and research will be uh, shown at Metabolic Health Summit. We have a scientific poster session there as well as um, there's a special interest forum that's going to go on um, hosted by a physician. So it's been, it's been an incredible experience. We've also done a pilot study with uh, early stage breast cancer patients and sort of an open registry of patients that just sort of found out about what we were doing at Epigenics. So it's been, a, it's been a wild few years and it's exciting to see where it's going. Yeah, let's get into the Metabolic Health Summit um, that we have going on. I mean, we will post the link to that, but it's at the end of January, very beginning of February in Southern California. Obviously, we've got Mark Sisson and some other heavy hitters you've got on the roster there. Tell us about, is this the first annual or is this, I mean, give us the rundown on, on the summit. Yeah, so this is actually the third annual, and uh, it sort of came to be out of a partnership between Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, Dr. Angela Poff at the University of South Florida, and Epigenics Foundation to start. And it was originally called the Conference on Nutritional Ketosis and Metabolic Therapeutics. So we decided to rebrand it this year, and we're bringing it to Los Angeles. And the last couple of years, I mean, really, this started back as sort of an idea in 2015, uh, where the ketogenic diet wasn't really talked about like it is now. It's sort of a buzzword these days, right? But back then, it was sort of this, you know, you've got scientists all over the world that feel like they're almost working in a silo and like by themselves. Why don't we bring them all together, the scientists, the physicians, the dietitians, the people that are doing the work that are in the trenches to move this forward to see if we can spark collaborations to present the latest research. And that's sort of how it was born. And in our first year, we had about um, 250 attendees just through word of mouth. And it was a really exciting and inspiring thing to see because at the time, it was like, oh my gosh, there are a lot of people that are actually interested in this and looking into not just epilepsy, which has sort of, you know, been entrenched in over the last, you know, 100 years, but ALS, you know, uh, ADHD, cancer, diabetes, all of these things that, you know, it's, it's exciting to see that this nutritional approach has sort of an impact on each. So we had a, our second year also in Tampa, Florida, that sort of doubled in size. And then we said, let's bring it to Los Angeles. And we had a lot of patients and uh, athletes and people wanting to understand the science. So this year, what our 
focus is, is to maintain that scientific and clinical rigor of years past. Uh, we're offering uh, continuing medical education jointly, uh, Metabolic Health Initiative, which is the company uh, that Dr. Angela and I are um, using to co-host this uh, summit alongside Cedars-Sinai. So we will have continuing education for physicians. But in addition to that, it's also a great place for the layperson to come and really understand. Um, so our goal is to bridge that education gap between the science and what does it look like in the real world? So we've got, like you said, Mark Sisson to Lou Cantley to Thomas Seafried, who is essentially the godfather of the metabolic theory of cancer. I'm sure uh, maybe you've read his book, Cancer as a Metabolic Disease, to Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, who's co-hosting it alongside us. Um, to, you know, Rob Wolf. I mean, we've got some pretty incredible speakers there, um, as well as some great influencers in the keto space. We're going to host cooking demonstrations, so Keto Connect. Um, so it's going to be a pretty fun four-day sort of experience where uh, you really uh, get sort of the best of both worlds. You get the science, you get the, the top experts in the world, but you also get sort of down to a ketogenic culinary experience. Each night, you're going to have keto-friendly appetizers and dry farm wines, and it's it's going to be a pretty fun fun event. We love the dry farms wines, people. Boy, they're like at every one of these events because oh, they're, I know. They, they're the ones that start the party. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that works at that company is amazing, and they. I asked them. I said, "Wow, your people are so great." He goes, "We put them through like a rigorous three month before we even hire them, like questionnaires and lots of interviews." Um, that company's yeah. wonderful. We obviously <laughs> partner with them as well. You know, I want to just touch back on. <clears throat> so anyone can go to metabolichealthsummit.com uh, to find out about the summit happening. I just want to highlight, you know, you mentioned it, I mentioned it, Mark mentions it, which is all of so many good things are happening when you're not eating. <clears throat> and I even like today made a decision where I could have had something to eat, but it's like a meal meal, but I decided to wait. I'm like in between some, you know, projects and I'm going to wait till later because I said to myself, I know if I eat right now, I won't feel as great as I currently do. And that's such a weird thing, right? But there's so much autophagy, all the other things that are happening. Can you just touch on your thoughts about like all the good shit that goes on when we're not eating <laughs> and yeah. why that feels right? It's really interesting. And it's so funny. I swear we were having sort of the same couple of hours before this podcast because I literally said the same thing to myself. I was like, I think I'll have a little bit of coffee because my brain works better and I can have a better conversation with Elle once we do this. So um, I think there's a lot of benefits. I mean, if you think about how we sort of evolved as humans, right? I mean, I think we would go through with periods of obviously having food, periods of nutritional ketosis, whether, whether that was nutritionally induced or induced through fasting. And we were sort of built to be these hybrid cars if you will, where we have the ability to use glucose as our primary fuel source, or I like to look at it as gasoline because, it, you know, depending on what you're putting in there, it could damage the environment around it <laughs> being our bodies to um, ketones being electricity and really being sort of a preferred cleaner source of energy. So when you, you go into this sort of this fasting state, there's all kinds of benefits to that um, just in terms of like lowering insulin and uh, stabilizing blood sugar levels, uh, you know, it's, it's anti-inflammatory effects and hormonal support. And as long as you're 
for the, you know, I do think it does matter in addition to fasting and, and, and implementing that throughout the day. I like to call it intermittent eating. You know, some people balk at fasting, but, um, in addition to sort of some of those benefits, I do think it matters what you're putting in your, your body. I mean, I do think if you have a really crappy diet and you participate in maybe two days of, you know, two 24 hour fast or however you want to go about it, that's better than not. But I do think you need to also support that with the foods that you're eating as well, because as you know, fats are very hormonal, you know, they support hormones, hormone production, cholesterol. I mean, there's all kinds of factors that go into, that come into play with that. Yeah. And also just the level of decreased glycation and things like that. You know, I love the way Mark talks about it in the keto reset, which is just, you know, glucose is a dirty burning fuel. It's dirty and it, it, it releases lots of things we don't want, you know, that are antagonistic to the goals that we have as far as, you know, looking good and being healthy for as long as we live. So it's amazing. I also love these, you know, you mentioned it's such a catchphrase and we just want to say to people out there right now, do not go from being a crazy sugar burner and try to jump into a keto plan. It's probably going to be painful. You'll give up. It's better to slide into it unless you have a uh, medical situation that requires immediate keto, which sometimes traumatic brain injuries or cancer might. But everybody, you know, buzzword happens, people jump on it. They don't do it right. They don't realize there's things like you might need more salt. You also might want to clean out for a while and just get low carb paleo and go clean and then go into it, which is how Mark suggested. And I I know you would probably suggest the same, you know, get fat adapted first, see what it feels like to kind of run primarily on, on fat and, and less glucose and then take the next step. What do you think of that? I'm sure you've seen some people trip over themselves on this journey. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I think the biggest thing you hear is, you know, people say, oh, I tried keto. It didn't work. And you ask them, oh, well, how long did you do it for? Well, two weeks. And it was just, I felt like crap as well. You know, you think about how long you've been using glucose as a primary energy source and you're going through this massive shift in metabolism course, it's going to take maybe a little longer than two weeks to kind of become adapted. I mean, for me, it took like seven to eight weeks before my workouts in the gym felt somewhat like normal. And I wasn't, you know, I sort of was a a very stubborn supplement taker in the beginning. I wouldn't do the potassium magnesium. I didn't really increase my salt. And I definitely felt the effects of of that electrolyte shift that happens that deters, I would say, most people in that initial transition because as insulin drops, as you know, kidneys are triggered to excrete excess water. And with that can come that shift that makes people feel like they have the keto flu. And so if you can really... uh, educate yourself, which is really exciting that there are so many resources these days, like Mark Sisson's book and how to sort of slowly transition. Unless of course, like you said, you, you do have epilepsy or you're using it alongside your physician for things like cancer or whatnot. Um, but otherwise take your time, do your research. You, you have to be your own advocate in this whole process too. And, um, an, another great thing is that, uh, keto pet actually offers the same suggestions on the website, uh, that they have ketopetsanctuary.com. There's actually a keto calculator that says the same exact thing because we saw the same thing. Even with dogs, they can experience keto flu and they can experience GI upset. Um, You know, you think about going from a kibble-based diet that's upwards of 60 to 80% carbohydrate to, you know, a high-fat diet. You've got to give yourself and your dog a little bit of time. So I agree 100%. (laughs) 
What are some interesting resources aside from Keto Reset Marxists and what are some top ones that come to mind if people have to really do it for a serious medical situation like cancer or traumatic brain injury? I always, I love Feed a Brain by Kevin Ballester is a good one. What are some resources right now we can shout out to people listening who might have a relative or someone they know and they want to go get a couple of books to figure this out if it has to do with like cancer or brain or et cetera? Yeah. Um, so I would say online, the, the Charlie Foundation has an incredible amount of resources online, uh, whether it be recipes to, you know, the research, you'll find a lot of, of great information there on their websites. The Charlie Foundation and is sort of a, an educational hub, not just for epilepsy anymore, but also for cancer and a variety of other things. So uh, that was actually started by Jim Abrams, who, as I'm sure you know, his son suffered from epilepsy and they finally found the ketogenic diet. And He's just so passionate about providing some pretty incredible resources there. So that's a great place. Um, there's also ketogenic.com. They have a lot of resources that are sort of rolling out over time, which is associated with Dr. Ryan Lowry, who he also has a book called The Ketogenic Bible, which is a great um, sort of place where you can find the research all the way to implementation and recipes, which is kind of great. Um, uh, even Keto Pet, honestly, ketopetsanctuary.com, we have all of the uh, listed sort of research that inspired our work uh, that you can kind of go and find all of the scientific journal articles there as well. Um, but really, you there's so many great cookbooks too out into the world. I think what's pretty daunting for the everyday person that maybe doesn't, or even if they are experiencing, you know, something like cancer cancer or epilepsy is how do I, how do I make the bread I love? I mean, with no carbs, like how does that work? So there's a lot of really great um, keto cookbooks out there. Uh, One by Suzanne Ryan, who's one of our speakers, Simply Keto. We've also got uh, Keto Connect has have a great cookbook. So there's so many more great resources I think out there. Um, You know, if you really want to dive deep into the, uh, into the weeds, um, Thomas Seafried obviously has his book, Cancer as a Metabolic Disease, um, which might be uh, daunting for some to kind of get into. And if you want sort of more of the overarching view, there's another book um, called Tripping Over the Truth by Travis Christofferson. That's another great resource for people really wanting to understand sort of the metabolic theory of cancer as well. So those are some of my go-tos. I've got like a long list that I often send people out via email of where they can go. And it's exciting to see that that list is growing. Absolutely. What is the next step here? I mean, you're doing so much. You're going to continue all of this research. Is there a new arena that you're like, you know, I'm going to step into that, or I'm looking over here because this is interesting. We found some research, you know, what, what's on your, uh, your, your, uh, trajectory here. Yeah. So, uh, the reason why we called the event Metabolic Health Summit is because we're so passionate about understanding and, and reviewing and bringing to light the actual science, the evidence. It's not about like, this is right, this is wrong. It's like, let's have an honest conversation about this and talk about all factors that impact metabolic health. Obviously, at the conference, the ketogenic diet is a big part because it's showing a heck of a lot of promise when it comes to a variety of dis- disorders and diseases. Um, but we really wanted to leave it sort of as that overarching umbrella because the science, like you were saying, Mark said, I mean, the science could direct us someplace else. And talking about metabolic health, I think really allows us to discuss a variety of things that are important, sleep, 
gut microbiome, stress. Uh, there's so many different things that come into play, as I know you know, um, when it comes to overall health that we really want to just continue to partner with some of the top scientists and physicians and people who are doing the work in this world and really relay that information in a way that's reputable and accurate and just really generates a conversation that hopefully can inspire people to take control of their lives and understand that the daily choices we make are hugely important in, in whether or not you know certain diseases might show their ugly face down the road or not, or, you know, how you function day to day, how you think, you know, how you're able to get through a day and think more clearly without food and things like that. So my mission is really to, and one of my personal, just in working with those brain cancer patients, as I mentioned to you, a personal goal for me and sort of my dream specifically is really to see metabolic therapy as an option that's brought up immediately upon diagnosis, that you have the option to go through surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, and you've also got that you could use in combination with those treatments, uh, a nutrition approach that actually makes a difference and may make you feel better. And if, if nothing else will help improve quality of life and maybe even help improve the efficacy of those treatments that you're going through that in my heart and soul is like what I want to see um, specifically for brain cancer patients, because there needs to be better options for them. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because many, I don't know, maybe six years ago, my father had to go to the hospital with my stepmom and uh, he called me livid because he had become primal and learned all about it. And then he saw a low carb menu at the, at the hospital, but everything was like a hundred carbs for one meal. And my dad was like, this isn't low carb. And I'm like, you're damn right. It's not low carb. So just for people out there that are confused, you know, listen, you know, the, 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 the government food pyramid and what they're doing in hospitals is, is not what that is. Please look into this. It really could save someone's life or actually make, uh, I'd like to throw out the ketogenic kitchen, um, by two women, right. Uh, for yeah. gosh, can't, their names, I did a podcast with them. Excellent book. They also show you how to make bread and crisps. Daily, other right. Is yeah. It daily? Yes. Yes. And they, they both went through, She's yeah, they went through boot two bouts of cancer and they, they talked about how it helped them through the chemo and not be as sick and help them deal with all of the symptoms there. And they have along the way, it's, it's like a medical cookbook. It's very interesting. So I suggest that to anybody as well, who's uh, been diagnosed with cancer and might want to be looking at the ketogenic diet and also a cookbook to go along with it. Yeah. Um, so tell us, so we've, tell us the dates of the metabolic health summit. Yeah, so it's January 31st through February 3rd, and it's four days of presentations from the top experts around the world, top thought leaders. In addition to that, on Saturday night, we're also selling tickets to a VIP mixer that's quite an intimate networking experience for uh, really anybody in the space, whether you're a physician to you know just have an interest to maybe you're an entrepreneur looking to collaborate with people. All of our speakers will be there, um, and we've got some pretty incredible entertainment lined up for that. And then we have a gala dinner that benefits the um, Charlie Foundation and Max Love Project. 
project who are doing incredible work in the space when it comes to education around the ketogenic diet, metabolic therapy. In fact, Max Love actually, speaking of hospitals, they have a kitchen uh, cart called the Charlie cart that they actually uh, bring in sort of a culinary experience for families facing a childhood cancer diagnosis. And they actually show how to properly cook and how food makes such a big difference. They actually have a partnership with four different uh, pediatric hospitals right now, where they're making a difference when it comes to the choices that families make and, and the things that are accessible in the hospitals for these people. So, um, so it's four days of just action packed. We have nightly receptions, like I said, with keto friendly appetizers. To, I mean, every step of the way, we really want to make an, an experience for people where they can get the latest evidence on this uh, therapy and uh, you know things that impact our metabolic health, but they can also have a little bit of fun and, uh, you know, just have sort of a vacation in Long Beach at the same time. So it's going to be- Yeah. California in January is pretty damn amazing. And also I'm definitely going to show up and hang out and see everyone. And as well, you know, what a great way, just like, you know, Paleo FX or any of these events in this ancestral health or low carb space, what a great way to meet like-minded people and new tribe to, to connect with, because this is a lifestyle and it's really nice to be able to kind of geek out on it with, you know, your, your buddies in this space. And I know you feel the same way. So is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience with for today? Yeah, well, we're really excited to have you there specifically, as well as Mark. And so thank you guys for coming on out to that. And Primal Kitchen, too, will be in in attendance. So we have an expo there where people will be able to kind of connect with some pretty cool, innovative brands. But, you know, at the end of the day, our goal is education. So, you know, if there's one thing to tell people, it's educate yourself about sort of the diet and just how powerful of an, an impact it can make, whether you're primal all the way to keto. Uh, nutrition needs to be a, a tool that's more often utilized both in just our overall health as well as uh, disease. As, as I know you've uh, so eloquently written about <laughs> in your book and just your own journey. I mean, nutrition really needs to be a big part of this conversation. So thank you for having me on to talk a little bit more about that. Absolutely. And we will have you back on again. Thank you so much, Victoria Field. Again, metabolichealthsummit.com. We will put all of the links in the show notes to connect with her directly and also to get on board with the summit. That's at the end of January, 2019. So get online and get tickets and we'll see you there. Thank you so much. Um, We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Elle. So Chris Kelly, Nourish, Balance, Thrive, we're, we're talking about health and you're telling me a funny story about your picky four-year-old daughter that won't eat unless there's Primal Kitchen uh, condiments on the table. It's true. My daughter will not eat unless there's f***ing the Primal Kitchen Wilder. <laughs> it's, it's this cute thing, actually, she does. We have a local state park called Wilder Ranch. Oh, yeah. And uh, she calls the ranch dressing Wilder Ranch dressing. Which <laughs> we, 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 there's no way we're going to correct her on that. It's just too perfect. It's so, so endearing. Uh, how old um, is she? She's four. Oh my gosh. So she likes like the mayo on a Oh yeah, she so she loves those sort of we love them as well. We have uh we, we eat them all the time. We eat the mayo, we eat the balsamic, we eat the the ranch, um the avocado oil we use all the time. And and so, you know, that's completely genuine and I don't mind talking about that because you took the pain in the arse out of condiments. I really appreciate that. 
what an authentic spot from Chris Kelly at Nourish Balance Thrive. And yes, Primal Kitchen, you can call it Wilder Ranch Dressing if you want. <laughs> and uh, we'll send five cents of the proceeds over to that beautiful state park because they're, they're trying to make ends meet in Santa Cruz Mountains. Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> it's my pleasure.